how how long has it been? I want to do some math. And the last time I released an episode, let me pull up the last episode I did. I think it was the Marvel Wanda one. Here's the thing. I've definitely recorded episodes since then <laughs> and just not done anything with them. I am a first and foremost a lazy bitch, so if I can avoid doing something, I will. March 30th, 2020. <laughs> hey Siri, how many days have there been since since March 30th, 2021? Let's see what she says. It was 570 days ago. So what have I done in those 570 days? Great question. Um, let's start by setting up some context here. I'm doing my nails. It is a Friday night um, and I'm doing my gel nails. I, I always do this at home ever since the pandemic began. I bought like a bunch of tools, like a lamp and various shades of gel polish. Any noises you hear are me setting this up. Um, <laughs> and a bunch of shades of gel polish, but most importantly, the base and top coats, that's really what makes all the difference. So that's, that's what I'm doing currently, currently doing that. Um, but like, what have I done with my life? A great question. Um, so I live in New York now. <laughs> I, yeah, it's been a while, huh? So I moved to New York a year ago, um, August, 2021. So not terribly long after um, I put out the last episode and I think I was talking about New York in one of the episodes. Couldn't tell you. I'm so far out. I'm going to start filing. You're going to hear filing noises and you legally are not allowed to be upset because you clicked on this episode. So if you have any complaints or concerns, just take it up with HR. Um, anywho, Moved to New York. I moved here jobless. I did not have a job. Um, that was tough. I had like a job I was interviewing for and I made it to the last round of interviews. I'm still pissed about this. I made it to the last round of interviews. And basically <laughs> they were like, ah, we're actually not hiring for the role. I'm gonna cut forward a little bit. They, they weren't hiring for the role because the person who had the role before wanted it back. So <laughs> they just left me high and dry. And it was like kind of a cool gig. I'm a little upset I didn't get it, but like now I'm kind of grateful because now I know the people I would have been working for a little more. And I feel like it would have been a really toxic work environment. Um, but anyways, that the person who was like the hiring manager felt really bad. So I had asked if she, you know, she had any other connections for context. Um, I work in the Broadway space in New York for context. She had worked at an agency prior and I was like, can you tell me a little bit more about your agency experience? I think I'm kind of interested in going that path. She's like, oh my God, like you would be so, that's a great starting point for people in the industry. I work in marketing. Oh my God, have I even, <laughs> I do marketing in Broadway in New York. So that's all you need to know. Anyway, so this person I was interviewing with um, said she has some own connections there, would love to recommend me for any roles. And at the same time, there was this role <laughs> that 
I was very much interested in open at this agency that was going to be very similar to what I would be doing at, let's call, hmm, what are we going to call <laughs> this show? Is it a show? Maybe. Um, what are we going to call this? Let's call it, what's a show that's like closed? Long closed. Um, let's call it Fun Home. <laughs> I was interviewing with Fun Home and they were like, nar, sorry. <laughs> and Fun Home lady, like I'm just backtracking so hard. I really want to give everyone names and like speak in code right now. Fun Home and my boss was Stephanie J. Block. So Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie was like, I do feel really bad. I used to work at this agency, an agency in which I had interest and I like really want to introduce you to someone there. And so she was like, go ahead and apply for the role and I recommend you later down the line. So this, I mean, I feel like you know where this is going. That's where I ended up getting a job. <laughs> but later down the line, my current boss, the one at the new job told me how I came up with this boss or with this, sorry, with um, Stephanie J. Block. Um, and it was that they were at an event together and Stephanie J. Black was like, listen, there was this girl that interviewed and she's great. We just simply cannot hire people right now. Um, she applied for this partnership role. I really encourage you to consider her. Uh, and yeah, literally the person she ended up recommending me to was my direct boss. So that worked out beautifully in my favor. Um, and now I, I, you know, I'm just working for that person. But it also just so happened that someone else I had just been doing an informational interview, like phone call with, that is my biggest advice to anyone job hunting. Just like get on the phone with people, ask them questions, and then you have like someone in your corner. So after that call, um... I had always worked in the nonprofit space and it was someone who ha who was like currently working in a nonprofit. So I wanted to like kind of nitpick New York City nonprofits and um, the difference between that and like more commoditized like corporate companies that work in the Broadway space. And basically he was like, I think you should start an agency. I think you get a really good view of the industry. And then if you want to move to nonprofits, you can always do that. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my job now. I work in partnerships, so I still have kind of the aspect of giving back, like particularly on a, a couple of our shows this year actually have done like ticket initiatives. And so we've secured sponsors to help get students in and we've worked with um, gender-based nonprofits and stuff like that. So I still get that aspect, which I really love, but um, I wouldn't have that in any other role at my company if I worked in like a different department, for example. Um, but... I, I think that's something that's, you know, keeping me satisfied. Um, and basically I talked to this person. They're like, I'm going to set an interview with you and someone I knew at this agency. And it was the same agency that I <laughs> had already applied to a job at. And at this point, I learned I got an interview. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no worries. Like, no rush or anything. But yeah, I would be interested in, like, talking to someone about the role. Time passes and this person says, you know what? She's really busy right now, um, but she will definitely want to talk to you in a bit. Um, I'm going to nudge her again on Monday. Monday was going to be the day of my interview as well. And I didn't tell him this. I just said, okay, yeah, sure. 
And then, <laughs> so I went to the interview and she said, so do you know, and says his name. And I'm like, uh, I sure do. She was like, well, he texted me this morning asking to set up a call, just like an informational chat with you. And I'm like, I am actually interviewing her. So she broke that news to him. And I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. Like, this is so wild. I can't believe. So now in my favor, I had one person, Stephanie J. Block was recommending me. And then another individual just kind of also came out of the woodworks. And now my current boss, like, had heard about me from multiple sources of people who I had not even directly worked with. Just, like, people I'd talked to giving recommendations about me. And it is shocking and odd that it all kind of, like, worked out perfectly. But I got my job, like, almost to the day two months after I moved. Um, So those were a tough two months, just, like, kind of sitting around, applying, having these networking calls, like, going to Starbucks to, like, go on my computer and have, like, a workspace because... I mean, I didn't have an office to go to or anything. Um, so that was tough. It was tough to push through. But what I learned, what did I learn? Uh, <laughs> I learned to like be social and try to connect with a variety of people. I think that's just the best way to get any job. It's literally about who you know. It is not about what you know. It is literally about who you know. You can learn whatever on the job, especially especially in marketing. Like I wouldn't say that me saying like it's about who you know and you're you want to be like a pediatric surgeon um (laughs) it's not about what you know like just go ahead and skip med school yeah (laughs) but the marketing space is just so low-key that I you can learn anything from your peers um not to say that people don't have like natural skills that's there's certain aspects where you know you're either outgoing or you're not you're either a um, a good improviser or you're not, you can certainly work to attack that. But like a lot of it just comes from who you are within, like what confidence you have as an individual and whatnot. I'm getting a little deep here, but, um, <laughs> it's a little deep for a marketing gig. Uh, so I'm going to stop. And what else have I done in this past year? I've gone to like a billion shows, um, because, My job gets a lot of offers and now my roommate works in the industry. So she gets offers and we just are averaging like probably three shows, whether it be a play or a musical a week. And it's actually kind of an insane schedule. (laughs) Like I'm definitely going to slow down. But in this past year, the thing is we had to catch up with all the shows that were already on Broadway. I think we're only missing two theaters and it's the ones that haven't had shows running in them. So once I hit every single theater... It's game over for you bitches. Like, I I don't have any more goals after that, I don't think. Um, No, I'm kidding. I actually love setting goals. So after that, I'm just going to find something new. (laughs) I don't know. But um, let me me go through some of the highlights of the past year. I guess I'm going to directly name shows. Um, Diana the Musical was the first musical I worked on. um, And it ran a month and two days. Um... (laughs) And you can still watch it. It is recorded on Netflix. Like, you can go on Netflix right now and watch Diana the Musical. It was recorded during COVID. There was no audience. um, And they wanted to, like, get the production a boost of money. So they let Netflix pay them to make the show. And because there was no audience, there was no, like, laughing or any intimate reactions to what anyone was doing. They didn't, like, insert a laugh track or anything. 
And it just made the whole thing so fucking awkward. Got horrible reviews. Like, I'm like really talking about this, aren't I? I mean, I didn't work on this. I didn't work on the Netflix project. What I did was when the musical started performances live again, I worked on that, like doing partnerships for the show. And that was so much fun. Like I really, the show has to be seen live and it has to be seen with like at least two shots in you. <laughs> like we were just getting started with all the fun Diphanas is what the fans of the show are called. And when I say Diana the musical, I'm not talking about Diana Ross. I am talking about <laughs> Diana Spencer, um, ex-wife and deceased former monarch, ex-wife Charles. Ex-Mountainbatten wife? Isn't that the last name? Ex-Mountbatten? Did she pick up a last name? I don't know how the royal family works. Diana Spencer, former wife of Charles, but more importantly, wearer of re- revenge dress. <laughs> that is the first thing I knew Diana for, other than I thought the mom in Lindsay Lohan's The Parent Trap was Princess Diana. As a lot of us have regaled upon recently. Um, we all had that thought for some reason. And I cannot tell you psychologically what that reason is. Um, just any woman with a short blonde haircut. So per, um, so Diana the Musical was a big one I worked on. Worked on, hmm, what else was exciting? Oh, I worked on Ain't Too Proud and Ain't Too Proud has gone too soon. It's about the temptations. Um, I'm from Michigan. So like Motown was something I was raised on and like always knew the importance of, you know, that industry um in a part of music history so that was so fun to work on because there were just like so many Detroit references in the show and like very Michigan things and all the men were so talented and like it was just a perfect show it was a beautiful biopic um and like all the Temptations music like who doesn't love you know like Papa was a Rolling Stone my girl imagination like these big songs that they had like everyone in the crowd would like go silent and it was like we were at a Temptations concert um they won best choreography and it was much deserved best choreography at the Tony Awards um because those fellas were moving if they were doing one thing they were moving and grooving um some of the best fun choreography I've seen so I loved that show I also worked on Macbeth with Daniel Craig which is weird as hell. Did I meet him? No. Did he yell at me? Yes. Here's the context. We had an, a sponsor night like at the show and we put like goodie bags out on all the chairs. So we were in, you know, the house and he came on stage to start warming up and was kind of ignoring us to start. And then one of us goes on stage to be like, excuse me, are you the stage manager to another person who's just standing around? And he was like, no, no, that's over there. And then Dan- Daniel, something clicked in Daniel. He was like, Actually, what the fuck are these people doing here? And he goes, um, excuse me, we're, uh, wait, actually, I, should I do his accent? Should I do his, is that appropriating Bond culture? I don't care. I'm going to do it. He goes, um, excuse me. <laughs> That's not even it. That's not even the accent. Um, he's like, excuse me, we're all warming up. That is still not it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. He's like, excuse me, we're warming up. So if you all could, and he, at this point, makes a big sweeping swift of his arms from right to left and raises his voice to say, get out. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I can do that. So (laughs) while it was not being directly yelled at, 
I'm considering that a dub. Like I've been yelled at by James Bond. And will I use that in Two Truths and a Lie? Absolutely. Um, is it very niche and people will know it's true right away? Probably. I think a lot about if things would make good Two Truths or a Lie prompts. Options? Options. Um, candidates. Candidates is the word I was looking for. And that that's one that I think would be a little unrealistic. But that being said, that was one of the shows that had like a spon- ticket sponsor initiative and it was fabulous um getting to work on that and getting students in to see the show uh it was just like a lot of fun like really luxury partnerships because obviously people were interested in the daniel craig aspect and wanted to be a part of this production which sucks when a show is good and doing good things and there's not a name tied to it so no one wants to be a part of it no one wants to sponsor like programs like that so that's what i'm learning this is what i'm as a part of this industry about corporate social responsibility. They just want publicity. They don't want to give you money to do good. They don't care (laughs) if it happens without their name being tied to it. So anyways, (laughs) anyways, Um, what was another show I worked on? I worked on Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal, which was a fine show, but it was just like cool to work on a Billy Crystal show. Like he's such... A little rascal. I love him. I'm such... I I loved Monsters, Inc. So he... Sad to say the first place I did know him from was Mike Wazowski. Um, I never saw When Harry Met Sally until like two years ago. And I don't think I ever saw any of his like comedy movies. So he's literally just to me Mike Wazowski. But he is so lovely and humble. And he still got it. He's literally still got it. Um, the timing of his jokes is impeccable. Me just listing song song titles because one of them is, he still got it. And one of them is timing. Um, but truly like, it's just a fun show about second chances and family. And it was just lovely to work on. Miss Shoshana Bean was in that show, a a former Alphaba. And I love, she's an incredible voice and was so underutilized in that show, I fear. But I support her day and night. Um, so that was another fun one. Me trying to think. What else have we worked on, really? Well, right now, we're working on Kimberly Akimbo, which I am just hoping and praying wins the Tony Award this year. It was off-Broadway last year. Really swept the awards. Um, like, everything they were nominated for in the off-Broadway categories. Um, best musical, best actor and actresses and all, all of the fun bits. Um, and so it's really like well poised to be this year's like Broadway baby kind of. So it's about, oh, I didn't even say what it's about. Um, it star- it's a show, <laughs> takes place in 1999, Bergen County, New Jersey. And it's about a girl named Kimberly Lavaco, not Kimberly Akimbo. But though it is the name of the musical. Um, and she has is 16 um, and has a bunch of 16-year-old counterparts in the show that are, you know, making their Broadway debut, which is very exciting. The twist is um, Kimberly has an aging disease. So she appears to be 72 years old physically. So she is played by an older actress, that older actress being Tony Award winner, uh, Victoria Clark. And she is just phenomenal. Like, she is so good in this role. But it's not really a dark story. Like, I know that sounds like it would be 
I don't know, a little upsetting or like a really, really sad ending or something like that. But it is just a really, really charming, like uplifting bundle of joy. And I love it so much. Um, They like, it's just, it's, it's so fun. You just have to see it. And all the music is so boppy. That's why I said Fun Home earlier because it's a Janine Tesori musical and she also wrote Fun Home. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, like this wasn't the show I was interviewing that. I want to make that clear. This this was not like the company I was interviewing at or anything, but um, yeah, it's it's fun. But all we got, I got to meet some of the kids and Bonnie Milligan plays um, Kimberly's aunt. Oh, Maybe I should say why the title of the show is Akimbo. Um, basically, there's like a theme of anagrams in the show and Kimberly's name gets anagrammed and it's something, something Akimbo. So hence the title Kimberly Akimbo. So it's a lot of fun and I really love that. And that's taken up a lot of my time recently, <laughs> but it's been lovely. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and then have I been doing I've gone to a decent amount of concerts in this past year I went to Harry Styles Love on Tour 2021 MSG Night 2 with that terrible outfit he had the feathers like the feather sleeves the night before and then he came out in like polka dots and a blouse like we didn't even see the the arms look up look up Harry Styles 2021 MSG Night 2 and I'm sure you will be able to see the atrocity of that outfit. Um, but it, it was just really tough. It was really tough for everybody involved. Um, but that was a fun-ass concert. Um, after that, I'm trying to think of what the next concert I went to was. And I think, uh, if I'm correct in thinking, I think it might have been Billie Eilish. Also saw her at MSG. Was pr- decently drunk for that one. Like, we... My friend and I went and we we pre-gamed. We really did. And we showed up two minutes before she came on stage, not even her opener. And I just could tell everyone around us was annoyed, but I literally don't care. There was a song that she was like, sit down if you feel so inclined. And everyone around us sat down and we stand up. We, we stayed standing. We were like, no, no, no. I really want this moment. Um, and also I was a little tipsy. So I'm like, if I sit, I don't know if I'll get back up. <laughs> Um, so we were standing and reminder, Billy said, sit, if you are so inclined, (laughs) I mean like not word for word. She said something along those lines. Imagine that coming out of fucking Billie Eilish's mouth. You guys can sit if you're so inclined. (laughs) That's not how she speaks. Why do I not know how to do impressions? Like maybe I should get that sorted, but we were standing and the people behind us got pissed. And I'm like, um, seating, uh, being sat was optional. Like, I'm sot. And I'm like, I'm not. (laughs) So, uh, other than that, it was such a fun concert. Oh, my God. Her lighting and her set and her ideas and Phineas. I love Phineas. I could talk about Phineas for days. So, cool to see him live playing the guitar. That was my first time seeing her live. I've, like, been a fan for a long time. I'd bought tickets to When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go tour, which was consequentially canceled because a, a little... A little virus. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the next one. And then I believe the next one. 
was a Dua Lipa. And this one is actually kind of crazy how <laughs> I got into this one. Let me, let me give you a little backstory on my concert experiences in general. Um, I just buy the cheapest ticket in the house. I don't care how far away it is usually. Um, and so if I'm purchasing tickets for a concert myself, cheapest tickets possible, just so you're in the room. Like I'm always, I'm never upset or disappointed when I go that way. But like there, there's, there's definitely, I could be wanting more. There's a part of me that wants more. Um, an Into the Woods quote. Oh my God, I did not even bring up Into the Woods, my favorite musical of all time. And I believe I have talked about it on this podcast. Um, that's a show I got to work on, which is fucking crazy. Like I my name is in the playbill of that show. Like you can go on playbill.com right now. Look up Into the Woods Revival 2022. Is that what the series? Yes. Um, and you will see my name listed in there. Well, I guess like keeping the name of my company a secret is no, um, has no point now because... <laughs> Yeah, I am listed under my company's name, but doesn't matter. I'm just going to use discretion when I can. But, um, yeah, that was incredibly exciting. Um, and I have cried several times over it. But that being said, back to the point. Um, I, where was I? Oh, I was talking about concerts. Um, so like Harry Styles was like one that I bought off a friend, so I didn't even have a choice on where I sat, but it was in like the, the upper bowl. I'd always, always only bought upper bowl tickets to the big stadium concerts, like even Taylor Swift. Oh, well, no, because that was at, um, Ford Field and that was only one level, I believe, but it was always like higher up when I saw Taylor Swift in a big venue like that. Um... But basically, where's going with this? Oh, my friend from college who also moved to the city. We always, like, we never really talked about the logistics of maybe us both moving to New York City, even though, like, she works in finance, which, like, is basically centered in New York. And I wanted to work in the performing arts space. And now we both live here. And co uh, coincidentally, literally not even on purpose, our first apartments were two blocks away from each other. <laughs> so that was really cool. But she had a friend, she does like a bunch of traveling and um, I, I don't know where she met this friend in all her travels, but she had a friend who was like a tour manager for fucking Dua Lipa. And she was like, oh my God, uh, let me, or like reach out to me when we're in New York and I'll hook you up with some, some, some seats. We'll get you tickets to the show. And she's like, oh, that's, that sounds great. And so um, my friend reaches out when they are doing like a couple nights at, I think, did they do two nights at MSG? They did a couple nights at MSG and then one night at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. And it just so happened, like, I mean, it makes sense in my head. Just so happened they had the most availability in New Jersey. So we got, we got tickets um, and we walk in, we don't really know where we're seated. <laughs> They're like, okay, head this way, you get your wristbands. And I'm like, are we, are we in the fucking pit? Are we in the, are we in the pit? Are we in the pit? Are you kidding me? Um, so that was my first and only pit experience since then. Um, for like a big venue like that. Uh, which is crazy. So I, I saw Dua Lipa from maybe 20 feet away. She looked so good. She's incredible live. Um, and I love that just like most of her audience is gay men. Like, we got along with them so well. It was so exciting. Um, and 
that was that was the next concert. I'm trying to think of who was after that. I think in order it it was Lord. We, we you guys. I was never like a hardcore Lord girl. I loved um, melodrama. I mean, it's just a great album. Um, but I mean, Pure Heroin was really like my jam. Uh, so when Solar Power came out, I was a little like, hmm, because it was like, as summer was ending and I was like, hmm, I think she should have released this at the beginning of summer. <laughs> I really do. Um, so when that dropped last year, I was like upset, but now this summer I've had it on my summer playlist and I'm like, yep, this is, this is what should have been happening. Like she should have put this out at the beginning of last summer so we could all have this feeling last summer. My favorite song on that album is Secrets From A Girl. So freaking good. Um, and that, that live show was fucking crazy. Like she had such a good like concept concert. It was at Radio City and it has been my first and only Radio City concert day. Actually, JK, I went to the fucking dress rehearsals for the Tony Awards. Question mark. How the fuck did that happen? Um, and it was, it was like a really good concert. We got drinks before, um, my roommate and I went and then it was, it was just like so delightful. And we like had such a euphoric time. Like, I don't even know how to describe, like when green light came on and everyone was going crazy, it was great. But like everybody singing the whole time. And then when, when like every once in a while, when a banger comes on like that or Royals or team, um, comes on, everyone just went fucking crazy. Like, I swear to God, the mezzanine was bouncing when we get to the chorus of green light. It was, it was so good. So love Lord. That was such a fun concert, even though it was a song about summer and I think it was in April. Uh Oh, oh well. Um, and then after that, we saw Sammy Ray and the friends who is a band. I, how did I discover them? Um, I think they were on like a discover weekly for me. And I, uh, they're just like modern funk indie music. It's so good. I, there's not a lot of funk coming out lately. There's not enough funk um, for my like. So I was obsessed immediately. Like the, the amount of sax, the amount of sax on these albums is just unreal. And it just thrills me to the bone. <laughs> so... Went to that concert live. It was great, but there was like two really tall dicks standing, not like actual, you know what I mean? Like dickish people standing in front of us. And my roommate is short. I am 5'10". And the only people taller than me in this room just stood right in front of us. <laughs> and we were like, any, any chance we can get like around you? And they left to like get drinks at one point. We were like trying to scoot up and they're like, excuse us, we were here. And I was like... Like, what do you say to that? Because they were. <laughs> but so that was a little, it, it was, I was kind of frustrated the whole concert. So we didn't really see much of it, but we were <laughs> part of the vibe. We really heard it. I keep going into this voice that like, I can only describe as Nick Kroll because I just watched his special on Netflix. So I apologize in advance if that's triggering for anyone <laughs> who watched who watched or like now is anti Big Mouth. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that, I guess. I don't know. Um, to update you on where I am 
on my nails, I just, I'm painting my left hand with my right. So it's my dominant hand. We're starting strong because things go downhill quickly after this. But um, I painted a base coat and I just did a first layer of, I'm doing a brown, like a very chocolatey brown polish. I just ordered some fall colors recently. So, oh my God, I did it again. Just ordered some fall colors um, and I had like this nice burgundy color on them for two weeks. This polish stayed on a long freaking time. Um, I was very thoroughly impressed. And then, wait, did this even dry? Did it go in there? No, it totally did. Okay, maybe. Um, and so that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even on the second hand. So, which almost fucked up there actually. Um, next concert, I think, was the next Harry Styles concert was his Love on Tour 2022. Whoa, words are hard. 2022, um, which funny story, I tried to purchase tickets and literally could not. Like I tried, I had a pre-sale code and I was fucking 30,000th in line or something stupid, like way towards the end, no shot I was ever gonna get a ticket. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna try with general on sale. Like I I have to, there's no other option. And I was placed 2,000, but every time I clicked on tickets and went to hit purchase, they're like, sorry, somebody else grabbed these. And I was like, I'm not even getting a chance here. I'm not getting a chance. And so I actually didn't get tickets. Like I did not have tickets. Um, which was fucked up, <laughs> to be honest. And he was doing 15 nights at MSG and I couldn't get one ticket and I live here and people had to travel in for these. Like people are like, I just wanna see him perform at MSG. I'm like gonna travel all the way in. I'm like, I live here and I would like a ticket, please. Um, Cause I know I am like a good amount of his streams. Speaking of, I'm just gonna give a quick recap of, <sighs> I was gonna say music in general, but that's good. I know I'm gonna take way too long. So I'm just gonna, just gonna say my favorite albums this year so far have been Five Seconds Flat, Lizzie McAlpine, um, Decide by Joe, DJO, like literally Joe Keery from Stranger Things. Um, yeah, I didn't have that on my bingo card that I, <laughs> he's probably going to be like my most streamed artist after Taylor Swift this year, TBH. Um, that was an incredible album. Um, Special by Lizzo, Renaissance by Beyonce. Um, ooh, the Regrets album that came out this year. I think it was called Further Joy. Yeah, that's what it was. I just fucking did it again. Um, the voice. That's what I. That's what I did again. What was the? What was my point? Oh, okay. Harry's house. Um, my faves on Harry's house are daylight, satellite, and keep driving in that order. In that order. So seeing daylight live was fucking incredible. Oh wait, I still didn't describe. Oh my God, I still just described how I got tickets. Um, we work with like a, a credit card sponsor on a lot of shows to do pre-sales and we work very closely with them and they, they do like all pre-sales in the entertainment space and they just so happen to be doing a pre-sale for Hardy Styles and they got an allotted amount of seats at a show and um, my lovely, lovely friend who worked at the said credit card company helped get us some really good seats for like not a thousand dollars because like when they were reselling they were they were up high they were those prices were in the sky I will tell you um so 
she tells us the seat numbers and we're like, oh, okay, like pretty, pretty close in lower bowl. The tickets were in the little freak corner. Now, if you don't know what I mean when I say the little freak corner, that is the corner of his stage because he performs in the round that he spends the most time at during the show. So perfect. Oh my God. So we went to MSG night seven. And first of all, his outfit that night was bomb. It was like the stripe pink and red sequin fit and it was short sleeve. So we saw the biceps. But, I mean, it wasn't a vest. Like, people who see him in a vest are truly, like, the most superior people on this planet? Question mark? Um, in the yeah. So, then, we didn't get medicine. We did not get medicine that night, which was very upsetting. But seeing uh, Daylight perform live, um, you're one of two people. You're a Taylor Swift Daylight person or you're a Harry Styles Daylight person. Um, I am the former. <laughs> Oh, wait. No, I said Taylor Swift first. I am the latter. I am a Harry Styles daylight person. Um, it's just so good. It's just so sweet. And it's a beautiful beat it's on. It's not, like, crazy. It's very acoustic, which I love um, because I'm an indie girl. <laughs> but it was a lovely concert. Had a great time. And that was the night before. This is a good transition out of concerts because that was the last concert I had. Before I flew to Ireland. Ah! Oh, I'm so sorry. That was definitely way too loud. I leaned into the mic to say that. Um, but I went to Ireland. Oh, my God. Um, the only trip out of the country I had taken before was a two and a half week study abroad program to China where we went to. Again, this is probably something I've talked about on the podcast, but it has been almost 600 days since I recorded an episode. So I don't remember. But I went on a study abroad Um to China and we went to Beijing, Xi'an, uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong. Um, and that was great. I would like never have been able to get around mainland China by myself. I would go back to Hong Kong because a lot of it is in English because, um, they're like, I mean, it's all very controversial, but they're a, a British territory and were for a while. So, um, that was something that really affected <laughs> my time there why was that such a long pause I'm so sorry that really impacted my time there because um like I just wouldn't have been able to read signs in mainland China so being there with a group and being able to do that like going somewhere that speaks a different language is one thing going somewhere that that language is not using like letters you're familiar with like, you can't even try and decipher cognates. Like, if I went to France or Spain, like, it would say, like, no is the same in all the languages. So things things like that, like, I could figure out would not have been possible for me in China. Um, while we're talking about China, here's some highlights of the trip. I threw up in the bathroom of a palace. Yes, yes, I did. No further questions at this time. <laughs> but actually, that was the only highlight. So great. Um, sorry, I'm getting my top coat out because I've now done three layers of this brown polish. It looks really cute, actually. I've never done a brown polish before. Um, so it's been, it's been fun to get this going. But anyways, that was my last time abroad and it was like completely planned out for me. So this really was like my first self-planned abroad trip. Basically, we, I have family in Ireland. I've always wanted to visit Ireland. Um, and it 
was just, it just so happened that there was a, we were tracking like Delta flights. My roommate got a notification that there was a really cheap flight to Ireland over Labor Day weekend and beyond. And I was like, oh, um, I think, I think we should buy that. And she's like, wait, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, are you serious? Yeah. Um, I'm serious if, if you're serious. Um, so we bought the tickets that night. <laughs> it was like really cheap. It was like high $400. Um, which is fabulous, honestly. Um, the only downside was like the return flight had a long layover, but honestly, we were, we survived that. It was fine. Um, what we didn't survive was the flight there. Oh, and by we, I mean me. Um, <laughs> So we flew into Dublin um, the day after a Harry Styles concert. And <laughs> uh, so we we get off the plane. I'm feeling good. I like change into a cute outfit. We, on the docket for the day, was going to the, um, the Book of Kells Museum and the Long Library at Trinity College that day, which we had paid for tickets in advance. And it was like a timed ticket. So we had to go in at a certain time. I think you can kind of tell where this is going, but <laughs> we we did that. And we also booked, um, it's not the Guinness factory, like the Guinness experience or whatever, like the, oh, they call it the storehouse, the Guinness storehouse. Um, and our housing, we had booked an Airbnb. Everything was set. The scene was set. We were ready to take on our travels. Um, and for Dublin and the days we were in Galway, our friend, our friend was also joining me and my roommate. Um, so she flew in on a different flight, but showed up around like the same time as us, which was cool. So we all met up at the airport and we're like, oh, let's get a, let's get a cab because we can check in. It's like 11 a.m. We can check into our Airbnb at 3 p.m. We have this like luggage drop up. I think it's called Luggage Hero where like local businesses can like charge a couple dollars for them to store your luggage for the day until you check in somewhere, which is really convenient. And like there's safety ratings at every place that participates. So it's very legit, which is fabulous. Um, and then we're like, we're going to drive there. And that is just a couple blocks, just a few blocks away from our one thirty book of Kells tour. So actually I think it was 1230, 1230. It's 11. So we get in this cab and we're heading, we're heading right on over to, um, this place, for luggage here and it's it's like a camera shop or something i think and in the cab i'm like mm, my my tummy kind of be hurting <laughs> and i was like on my period two weeks ago i was literally the furthest away i could be from starting that so we, we ruled that out like what is what is going on i thought i had to take a take a bathroom break if you know what i mean but so we were like kind of waiting around like, well, maybe they'll have like a bathroom at the place when we store our bags. So we get there, like, do you have a bathroom? He's like, uh, not for customers. And I was like, okay, what if it's an emergency? <laughs> and I did. I wasn't like that because, um, this was my first interaction in a new place. So I was like, ah, okay. Um, so we went to, <laughs> we went to the Starbucks down the street. This just feels very U.S. coded. Um, I felt safe in that Starbucks. I felt at home in that Starbucks. So we go in there. Don't order a damn thing. Um, and I head straight to the bathroom. And there is a line. Ah, there is a line. <laughs> of course there is. Of course I should have seen that coming. If things can go wrong, they will. Quick nail polish update. I have finished one hand. And we are switching to the right hand. Um, and painting with my non-dominant left hand. Anyways, we're in the Starbucks. I finally get inside. And I get like... <laughs> 
This is so goopy. Why did, why was this the first thing I thought of? I get stage right. <laughs> I go, I go and I sit on that little toilet and like nothing happens. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, it's like, we'll just keep an eye on it. Like, oh, whoop, whoop, you too. Um, I'm like, we'll just monitor the situation. I, there's gonna be a bathroom in this museum. Like, there has to be. Um, <laughs> so we walk on over. Um, it is nearly 12.30 at this point, And we're like, okay, we have to enter at this time. It's like, that's, that's the rule. Um, so we, we are standing in line and I'm like, <laughs> hi guys, <laughs> to my friends. And they were like, what's up? And I was like, I think, I think I might throw up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I feel a little nauseous. And they were like, uh, uh, um, they did not know what to do. I did not know what to do. Um, we were thrown into this situation unexpectedly. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> we we scan in and I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm going to be okay for a minute. So let's just like start going through here, get some stuff done. Once we are inside, once my ticket is scanned, um, spend about five minutes looking at some, some like written stuff on walls about the Book of Kells. Really, I was just most interested in the Long Library because it is like a Ravenclaw's dream. Look up Long Library at, I'm telling you to look up a lot of things. Dear listener, I'm telling you to look up things today. So hope your Google is ready to put in work. Um, but look up Long Library. Whoa, not Library, not Rachel Berry. Long Library at... Trinity College, and you will see it is quite the site. Um, so I'm once again in this like preliminary area and there's like just some history on the walls and I'm like, <laughs> I cannot read this. Like I'm probably gonna pass out. And I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I'm like, it's kind of kind of weird. I like haven't really eaten since like the plain meals. Maybe I'm just like hungry. I don't know. Um, but I was like, hey, person working here at the the Book of Kells exhibit here at Trinity College in Dublin, um, where is the nearest bathroom? And he gave me a really bad answer to that question. He was like, mm, mm-hmm. So it is across the field from this building. <laughs> There's literally like a lawn area. It's like a college. I mean, it's a campus. It's a little lawn area. It's not a field. Um, and also, if you exit, there is no reentry. And I was like, uh, okay. So, another plot twist. I don't have service on my phone. So I had to switch phones with my roommate. I said, just take a lot of photos on mine. I will text you through your phone to our friend, to our friend's phone, who also had service. Um... I will text you if any issues come up. I just kind of, I, I need to be near a toilet, I think. <laughs> and so I speed run the like history portion of the exhibit. Um, and I get to the long library and I'm like, oh, this is so fucking cool. Like it is beautiful there. And there's so much history to read about, like just lined and like artifacts, particularly like, I, I can't just, like, read about things that happened. Does that make sense? I can't read about, like, events. 
unless there is like a sword being like this sword was used da 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 um so i did not get to look at like any of it because i just went in so fast and took like a few good pickies and that was it um and i then just got my ass through the gift shop at the end across the lawn into this building that has a cafe it was like okay well if i need food cafes right there so the issue wasn't that I needed food. It was that I had food poisoning. The airplane food, food poisoned me. I had the chicken marsala. Um, and it wasn't like even good enough to be worth the food poisoning. But I was just expelling all kinds of things from every, every part of my body that I could. Um, sorry to get graphic. Should have included a trigger warning there. But it was not a pretty sight to sum it up. Um... I am like just kind of sitting groggy at this toilet and I had water bottle on me. Thank fucking God I had a water bottle on me. That was so nasty. Um, so I was like sipping and getting some fluids back in my body. And, I, and now I was just like feeling faint and lightheaded because now I had nothing in me. We had a red eye. I didn't even mention this. Our flight was from 9 p.m. It's a six hour flight and a six hour time difference. So we left New York 9 p.m. Got there at 9 a.m. Ireland time. I was like, oh, okay. And it was a little delayed. So that's why we kind of got in in like a cab around 11 a.m. Um, so I was running on like one hour of sleep from the plane. It's so bad. It's so bad. I was like, I was talking about maybe taking a pill or something to like help me fall asleep. I could just not fucking get comfortable. Um, I was like excited for the trip too. So it was like just a combination of a bunch of elements that did not go well together. Um, so I was tired. I was faint. I'm like, I just am a shell of a human right now. And I look at, not my phone, my roommate's phone that we switched with. And it's been 45 minutes. And they're like, hey. And I told them to take their time. I'm like, really just like read everything in that building. I do not know how long I am going to be. And I do not want to ruin your day. I can't believe we're still on the first day. I cannot believe I've been talking for probably 20 minutes about Ireland. And we are still on the first day. Um, I said take your time. And sure enough, they're like, ha we're out. I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Um, <laughs> stay in there longer, go back, <laughs> buy more tickets, go back in. Um, and they're like, well, we're just going to like sit and wait for you. I'm like, please don't, <laughs> please do not just sit around waiting for me. That's brutal. So I finally get the stamina after this, this round of chaos to stand and meet them in the lobby and I'm just white as a fucking ghost like I am a sheet and they're like (gasps) (laughs) they both audibly gasp I'm like oh (laughs) I was like yeah I'm not feeling too good and I was just I was like miserable I couldn't I I was like hardly talking I was just trying to you know stay on two feet I'm like I think I need to sit and they're like that's a that's a really solid idea so they sat with me for a bit and I'm like Okay, I need to go back to the bathroom. And round two strikes. I didn't think there was anything left in me. Um, I come back out and I'm like, guys, it's two. Let's just start walking towards the Airbnb. And if I throw up on the cobblestone streets of Dublin, say la vie. It's going to be a great story. A la me throwing up in the bathroom of a palace in China. Um, so it really was like you and me got a whole lot of history. <laughs> with traveling and vomiting 
Um, the vomiting in China was from alcohol. I will be very clear about that. There was no, <laughs> that was the first time I ever threw up from alcohol actually. So kind of crazy. It was like a couple years into my college experience and that was the first time. So, um, we, we walked back towards the place that's holding our luggage. I fucking am floating on air. I don't know how the hell I'm making this walk, but I'm like, let's, let's speed it up. Like I would like to get somewhere faster rather than slower. Um, and I know I have to get food in me. I'm like, should we stop for lunch? And they were like, only if you want to. And I was like, you guys are being too nice to me for like, whatever. Oh, and just a reminder, we have this Guinness storehouse ticket experience that comes with a drink. And I'm like, there's just no fucking shot. I'm going to have a sip of Guinness today after all this happened. But so I'm like, I'm, I'm not going there. Like we're going to get to the, to the Airbnb and I'm just going to lay down and die. Probably. I don't know. Um, (laughs) try and recover a little bit, but we had to push ourselves to stay up because that's, what's going to get us on the Ireland time track basically. Um, so we, we get our bags and we pass a couple of restaurants and I'm like, do you guys want to eat? And they're like, are you good? And then I get like a whiff of the garlic bread and I'm like, no, no, not good. It was a lot. Um, so we, we just skip food and we just walked to the address of the Airbnb. We're like 15 minutes before check-in, but we hadn't gotten like check-in instructions at this point. So we were just like, ah, let's, let's find like a coffee shop or something by there. And we, we can just set up camp until this person comes to deliver the keys. And yeah, sure enough, there was like a coffee shop right there. It was raining. It was a rainy day. Like you probably pictured the story, like it was rainy because that was just the vibes, but it, it was of course a rainy day. And so we were sitting in the rain <laughs> outside at this cafe because we didn't, we didn't want to buy anything to start because I could not keep food down. Let's recall. Um, I knew I had to try. So I was like, here's my card. Can one of you go in and get a water bottle and a croissant for me? I'm like, and I will just try to shove this down my gullet for everyone's sake. Um, here's where things get really, really fun. It becomes 3 p.m. And it is clear that whatever instructions we were supposed to get from our Airbnb about pickup or check-in, um, we were not going to get that. Our Guinness, Guinness storehouse tour was 5 p.m. And it was like a good amount of travel time. So we really wanted to like get up, get set up and check in as soon as possible, which is like a fair deal for, you know, an Airbnb that says you can check in as early as 3 p.m. They're like, that's the piece of feedback I hate that we've gotten when I tell this story. They're like, well, why'd you show up right at the beginning? I'm like, that's, I'm paying for the time. I am paying to be in that Airbnb from check-in until check-out. So if you don't give me the opportunity to check in at the earliest time, like I'm getting scammed. So please don't bring that up with me. So to recap, 3 p.m. sitting at this cafe across the street from this apartment Airbnb. We see someone go in the apartment building um, and we're like, oh, so we kind of, not me, not we, I'm still sitting at this table because I'm dead. Um, my roommate tries to also get in the building because it just seemed like he twisted the knob of the door and we're like, oh, maybe we were just supposed to walk in. Um, no, we weren't. So she comes back and she's like, I'm just going to give Airbnb a call because she, uh, she had also like messaged the host a couple of times before then to be like, Hey, any chance we can get in early just to like put our bags down, we're traveling in and just never heard anything back. Like not even a no. So basically we call Airbnb and they're like, what's up? And we're like, our host is like not responding to anything. Um, do you have like 
a way to contact them that we don't like what what's the deal we really need to get in like right now like we were really emphasizing that we're screwed if we don't get in in like the next half hour um and they're like well if you cancel we're gonna we have to give them an hour to like contact us back and if you cancel in that time you will still get charged and i was like now why is that now why is that a rule (laughs) If we cancel in the time that we're not hearing back from them um, (laughs) because we had something booked in that time and we had to be there instead of checking in, why do we have to to pay? Um, Which is still a question I'm asking myself. We did not bring it up on the call (laughs) because things got more chaotic. Um, We got our rep's name and thank God we did because he was like, I'll call back in 20 minutes and then didn't call back. So we called the number again. like hey we were just talking to I don't, I don't know what his name was leo something like that you're just talking to leo can you fucking put him back on the line <laughs> because he totally ghosted us um and they were like uh okay so they put him back on we're like hi it's been a decent amount of time i would like a progress update like are you have you been able to reach her Again, I'm not doing any of this because I'm dead. I am just like watching it happen. And me and our friend, not my roommate, are just kind of like sitting there, like just laughing at the situation. Honestly, we're like, this will be funny tomorrow. But like, we found it funny in the moment, but (laughs) we shouldn't have, but we found it funny in the moment. And we were like, this will just be a great fucking story, which I mean, you're listening to it. Let's ask the audience. Um, (laughs) So basically Airbnb is like, yeah, we can, like, help you with rebooking, but I, I remember someone's horror story with Airbnb being, like, oh, they still, like, they wouldn't find, like, a comparably p- priced place. Like, they're gonna just give you a full-priced different location for that night, and, like, if you're booking day off, it's obviously gonna be much more expensive than if you booked in advance, so I'm, like, I just feel like that's a fucking scam as hell. Um, I understand, like, when a host fucks up, it shouldn't be on Airbnb, but, like, they should have better ways to accommodate that. Like, they should charge the host and use those charges to, like, go towards, you know, booking fees or something like that, rebooking at the same price as another place. I don't know. It's just a little fucked up. Um, But yes, I totally agree that the host was the one in the wrong here, not Airbnb. So we're like, um, let's just like try and find a hotel just in case we're like, what are the odds? A Saturday night in Dublin, we're going to find an open room. Through the grace of God, my roommate's mom, was available and had time to go on her computer and find a place. And she had a place for us like within 20 minutes. And we were like, okay. Um, to recap what I was doing in this time. I, you guys, I'm so proud. I was like kind of stomaching this croissant and, um, I was coming back to life. Uh, I was like cracking jokes and they're like, Oh, like she's definitely better. Cause she's being funny again. I'm like, yeah, it's true. It's true. I am. So I started to feel more like myself. And I'm like, I actually think I could probably do this Guinness tour. I'm like, worst come to worst, we don't have a hotel. Let's call the Guinness storehouse and see if they have a place where we can put bags. So our friend, not my roommate, who is still like calling hotels and trying to figure out a hotel at this point, um, calls the Guinness storehouse and is like, hey, would you have a place for our luggage, perhaps? Um, I'm sure you get a lot of travelers. I was wondering if that's an accommodation you might be able to execute. And they were like, oh, yeah, we have a room for it. They're like, just one question. Do you have any surfboards? And we're like, um, you know what? We forgot our surfboards at home. We actually did not pack them. Um, 
sorry. And they were like, no, no, no. We just need to make sure like it's happened before where it takes up a lot of space in the storeroom. So we just want to make sure. And we were like, um, okay, do we sound like we surf? Like, <laughs> also, is there good surfing weather at the beginning of September? Like the beginning of fall? Like actually like beginning of September weather in Ireland is like dead of fall US. So it was like middle of fall. I'm like people are surfing. Um, okay. So I can't, how are we still on the first day? The summary of this is find a hotel. We find the hotel, go over to the hotel. As soon as we check in, we get a notification that our host has canceled the Airbnb and we are going to move forward with a refund. So while we were getting refunded, um, we did not want to be rebooked. And we're like, as soon as we get home, we are going to complain. And I don't think we have, and we're like, we need like some credit or compensation back because that was a shit show and we just didn't have time since then so that's good um <laughs> and we're in this new hotel all is fine and dandy it's like in a really poppin part of town actually we're like mm, let's get dinner so we go actually no wait what do we do before oh no no we didn't get dinner here we we walked over to Guinness storehouse which was honestly a lot of fun and the whole time I was nervous about the drinking part which happens at the end there's like a seventh floor bar you guys it's seven floors of Guinness factory history or of Guinness history. Like, it goes through literally how beer is made, um, why it's a stout and what that means, and, like, the nitrification and how to get the perfect pour because these are all, like, really important aspects to the Irish. <laughs> um, and it goes through, like, a floor on advertising and the history of their logos and, like, campaigns and stuff, which was really interesting to me as an advertiser myself. Um, Oh my God, I can't figure out which nails I put a second coat on. I skipped a nail, I can't believe it. Um, oh my God, is that why I'm saying I think he knows he's got my heart beat skipping down 16th Avenue? Skipping, like I skipped a nail? Yes, that's why I'm saying that. Okay. Um, Guinness factory, I take two sips of the Guinness, pose for a couple photos and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> And everyone was like, the fuck is wrong with her? Like, why is she not drinking her Guinness? Because they drink it like water. Um, and I was like, I'm sick. So um, let's go. So we left. We got a, we went to a burger place on the way back. And I was like, wow. Um, I like want a burger so badly. But I really don't know how much of it I can eat. So I got like the smallest, cheapest burger. I didn't even get fries on the side. And I ate half of this burger probably. And God, that was so disappointing. Like the rest of the trip, I was eating probably half the portions that I would normally eat. And I'm like a tall girl. I'm like a big girl. So that was a little concerning, um, especially when it kind of lasted for a minute after I got back to New York. Um, we've, we've adjusted since, but uh, that was, that was yeah, jarring for me. But go to this burger place and we're all just fucking dead. We're like, we, we need to go sleep. And it's, we get back to the hotel, it's 8.30. We're like, I'm brushing my teeth because I don't think, and this is going to sound disgusting, I don't think I brushed my teeth all day. Because um, it was packed away in my big ass hard suitcase and we were running around all day. So, that is literally so gross. Oh, I'm so sorry. But, and we crash. We crash in this hotel. And I wake up like 4am maybe thinking I have to throw up again. I'm like, really? 
really, really. Um, and we would train at 8 a.m. the next day. Um, and I'm really going to zip through the rest of this trip once, once I get through this day. I promise. I promise. We are over an hour already. To keep you updated on my nails, I'm going to wrap up this podcast when I'm done with my nails. I am on a second coat on my right hand, and it is curing right now. So I have one more coat of the color, and then a top coat, and we're fucking done. Um, it's always a process for doing nails here. Um, basically, I, I didn't throw up, but I was so, so nauseous the whole morning. We went to the train station. We cabbed over to the train station, and... um. Like, we're there right on time, got on the train, and we went over to Tulawiki, um, where my, like, blood uncle now lives. He decided to move there recently, and it's just, like, literally in the middle of nowhere, and it was so nice. Like, they just had sheep neighbors, and I, we just, like, God, there was just no one around, and it was lovely. I'm like, this is kind of, like, the best way to retire. He was like, yeah, this was our, like, retirement plan all along. His, his wife is from Ireland originally and then lived in the States for a long while where they had met. And, um, they just decided that they, they wanted to go back. Um, and honestly their lifestyle is just so slow and nice and outdoorsy. And, um, talking to them was very, very nice. Like we had some really great conversations, um, about just like, the way the world works in general. They were asking us about New York. Like it was just, I was not expecting it to be that charming of a visit with them. So we stayed there a whole day and then went to an oyster cottage. I think they called it um, for dinner. And it was so cute. I got scampi, which I didn't realize was just fried shrimp in Ireland. Like I thought it was going to be a little like buttery scampi dish and it was not, but that's okay. It was still so good. Um, and again, I only ate like a small portion of it, but it was, it was delish and I was grateful. Oh my God, I forgot to say that when we got in, we, they made us a huge breakfast and that like cured my nausea, like just nibbling on food. And I was like, okay, so if I'm nauseous again tomorrow, I just have to get food in my body and then we'll be okay. So yeah, we spent the night there. It was just great. Um, showered there for the first time the whole trip um, because... I was not going to shower at that hotel. I was so tired. I was just going to go to bed. Okay, next morning we wake up. We're going to Galway. We're going to Galway. I loved Galway. Galway was so fun. I would so go back to Galway. It's such a little cute little college town. And they have a Latin quarter with all these pubs and restaurants and um, a bunch of little shops. And it's just like on the water. I took a really nice long walk on, I think it's called Salt Hill. Um, It's just like their little walk along water there and just beautiful they have great like you know fishing and boats so it's just a nice view to have they have like cruises that dock there Um, it was a beautiful moon that night and beautiful sunset even though it was rainy just like assume if I don't talk about the weather that it was rainy (laughs) that's just Ireland man I don't know what to say um just assume it was rainy um and then uh we spent two nights in Galway our friend that came with us only stayed the one night our friend didn't come with us to Tolawiki she went straight to Galway from Dublin um and we met her there spent one night there with her so she had two days we had two days but we only aligned for one of the days she then spent the rest of her trip um going to London and Scotland 
or England, well, London, it was London, and then Scotland, and she went to a couple cities in Scotland, I think. But will you recall what day Queen Elizabeth died? Yeah, she was literally at Buckingham Palace when the Queen died, so that's just really camp. <laughs> um, but two days in Galway was really lovely. We had this, the day that we all aligned there, we took a bus tour to the Cliffs of Moher. Um, this was the worst weather. Um, it was whipping winds and pouring rain as soon as we got to the cliffs. There were like a couple stops along the way that it was sunny. I'm like, guys, like if we just make it to the cliffs before it starts raining, I would be very grateful. I would be thrilled. Um, I, cause that's, that's the site I wanted was to be there. And it was just like, as, as soon as we got there, I was like, ah, should I bring my umbrella? And then we step out of the bus and it starts downpouring and whipping winds. I mean, like, that's just going to happen on any cliff, I fear. Um, crazy winds. Um, so it was just pelting us. We didn't have raincoats. I was so unprepared. I was so fucking unprepared. It was ridiculous. Um, but our tour guide just made the whole thing worth it. Um, and it was like an eight-hour bus tour round trip but worth every moment, I think. Um, <laughs> so that was our one day in Galway. And then um, my roommate and I spent another day there just like shopping and doing local things. But um, then we took a bus from there down to Kinsale where the other part of my family lives. I have, yes, two branches on the same side of my family that went there. So this was now my dad's cousin who went to Arizona State University and met an Irish man there and married him. And they lived in the States for a long while. And then in the 2000s, they were like, actually, should we try like living in Ireland? And then they, they moved there and never looked back. They got three girls and they would come back like once a year. So we were actually very close to them. Um, they were in, similar in age to my brother and I. So we, we, we know them very well. Like it wasn't, a distant cousin vibe. Um, so we get there and ugh, my aunt, my, I call her my aunt. Um, she's just so warm and welcoming and like had an itinerary for us. She was like, don't plan anything. She's like, well, what do you want to do? And we were like, really, we just want to get to Blarney Castle at some point. And she was like, got it. I will plan the rest. And I was like, oh, okay. Thanks. Um, and then we get there, hang out with the cousins that first day, and then just kind of walk around. And it's a beautiful little town. Look up Kinsale. Um, it has a great history, too. We did a couple of history tours, one being a ghost tour, and then one being, like, just a history of the town. And that tour guide was so charming. Like, we told him, like, our family lineages. lineages and I'm like, yeah, my grandma's a McCarthy. And my roommate's grandma, or my roommate's family, um, I think her mom's maiden name was Barry. So he was like, ah, the McCarthy's and the Berries. And he would like tie in our history in front of this whole tour group. It was like a big tour group too. So, and he like would walk with us and chat with us. He was just like a sweet, sweet Irish man. I loved him. Um, but yeah, just did like really fun things while we were there. Spent time with that family, which was so, so lovely. And then we had a hellish like 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. bus ride that last day to get back to Dublin to make our like 9 a.m. flight um I hate that and then we had a layover in France for five hours so I had bought we had done some shopping in Kinsale and I had bought 
the latest Taylor Jenkins Reads book. Oh, that's the other thing since I made this podcast. I'm kind of a reader again. Like, I was a big reader in middle school, but, like, I think since I started a job, that's just a really nice thing to be doing. And I'm, like, in a book club. It just takes you out of the mindset of work, which is nice. Um, And then... Oh, but yeah, I had bought the new Taylor Jenkins read book because I had read, I think I had read all of them at that point. Um, yeah, I had read Evelyn Hugo first, then Malibu Rising because that was the one for our book club. But, and then I went back and read Daisy Jones. I don't know why it took me so long to read Daisy Jones. Like I had that book for a while um, and it just took the right thing to get that. But um, the newest book is Carrie Soto is back. And I really enjoyed it. That was like a great sports story. Um, she was a, I'll just give you some context. All of Taylor Jenkins Reid's books like kind of tie into one another. Like a character will appear in a different book or something like that. Um, and Carrie Soto was in Malibu Rising as, I don't, yeah, it's, it's a spoiler kind of what she is. But they were like, oh, she has this great tennis career. And that was like a mention of her. And then suddenly the next book was about her. So it's like a really cool, it was like a decade, I think, after Malibu Rising took place because that was in the 80s. And then the story takes place in the 90s where Carrie is retired, but she's she's got the record for the most Grand Slam titles at 20. And suddenly there's this up and comer that matches her title, her her like number of wins. And she's like, I am coming out of retirement to try and win some more Grand Slams and like really just keep this record mine. Um, And it was great. It was a really, really good read. I didn't think I'd be that into like a sports story necessarily because I think I have some personal drama with sports still. Uh But can't complain really. Um, For context, my hand is done. But anyways, I read like half that book on the flight back and then I was so swamped with work stuff like catching up with that that I didn't get to pick it up again until probably a month later and then I finished that in one day (laughs) like so in total took me two days to read it but (laughs) two days very far apart um so yeah that was great um highly recommend that book and yeah that was the end of Ireland I guess I will just touch on really quickly like the books this past year because I think that's the only other thing that really stands out. I'm going to open my Goodreads so I can see what I read. So for Christmas, my boss had gotten me a book of the month subscription. Um, it was three months worth, which was so great. That was really, really something that got me into, you know, this rhythm again. So let me go to the books I've read this year. I set a goal at the beginning of the year. Um, to read, I think, 10 books. And I read... Okay, so the first month with Book of the Month. Basically, so like I said, I had three months, but you can add on these nice hardcover books like for $10 each after your first book. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. So I added um, a book. So the first book I got uh, was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugh. Actually, no, psych. Oh, I read these out of order, didn't I? Oh, okay. So the book of that month, um, because you only have like the choice of six, um, that I chose was Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins, who also wrote Rebel Bell, 
which is a book I read in middle school. So I was like, oh, she's a good author. Um, I did not like this book. <laughs> it was kind of like a retelling of, and then there were none, but on an island. So I'm like, oh, that sounds so freaking cool. It's like Lord of the Flies meets an Agatha Christie story. I'm like, that's going to be so sick. And I read it very fast. I read it in like two days probably. And I was just like, mm. I was very disappointed with the ending. I think I was like really in it until the end. Um, because it kind of became, number one, it became predictable. And number two, like, the, like just the way everything unfolded, like not even the mystery part, just like how everything left was left kind of sucked. So I wouldn't recommend, but like, if you, if that's your jam, I mean, if disappointing books are your jam, go for it. I was going to say, if you're into mysteries, read it. But like, I, as a mystery fan did not like it. So whatever. Um, so that was the first book I got, but I didn't read that until a couple months in. I'm just going to go ahead and list the books in order and say whether I got them, where I got them. So The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood was the first book I read this year because TikTok said it was good. And like, it was fine. I gave it five stars at the time. I'm going to, I'm going to knock that down. I'm going to give it four stars. Um, like it was, I'm like very much a contemporary romance girl. So I really enjoyed the read. It was nice and light and easy. But, um, yeah, that was, that was where I started this year. Um, and then next book I read was for a book club that like didn't end up happening. <laughs> like my friends from college were like, let's start a book club. And we said, we got the book chosen and I had read it by the date and we were like, Oh, actually I'm busy. Like let's reschedule. And then we never rescheduled. It was my year of rest and relaxation by Otessa Mashve. Um, this is also a very popular book talk book. I... I really enjoyed what Otessa was doing. <laughs> I think I'm going to change. I, I gave a three star. Um, I'm going to bump it up to a four star because I just think I was not in a good place when I read this. Like if you are a depressed person, like this feels all too real to you. How do I even like talk about this plot? Honestly, I think here's how I'll describe it. It's this girl who is very mentally ill in like the early 2000s and she wants to go on this experiment of like, just taking a whole year of like drowning out everything with, you know, pills and drinks. And it's like her journey of just like trying to numb the outside world. And then she's like, I'm going to go back to normal after that. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but like the way she describes like the state of her home and her relationships just like, you know, makes it very relatable to those who have like physical depression symptoms, which is, haha, that's me. Um, yep, that's me. Very, very, uh, that's so raven of me. Next, I read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I rated five stars in standby. Like, that is an incredible book. I love Taylor Jenkins Reads' books. I know she's problematic because, um, Evelyn Hugo is, like, she writes about Latinx characters without being Latinx herself. Um, which, yes, we need to identify that we shouldn't be, like, telling the stories of other individuals without doing, like, the proper research and having, like, a person who, you know, is helping guide and inform the lifestyle of a woman who is Latina in the 50s, for example, which is what this story is about. Um, but she just writes a damn good book. I'm so sorry. Like, this book was incredible. Um, I I don't think I flew through it as fast as I wanted. It's a 400-pager. Like, it's a lot of pages. Um 
so that was fabulous. Next, I read Reckless Girls, um, which was my book of the month book. Uh, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo was like one of my add-ons, so I do have a physical copy of that. Next, I, with Libby, read It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. And I know the girl leads love to hate on Colleen Hoover, but I just found this particular book really powerful. Like I cried at the end. I mean, it just, it describes so well how a situation can go from like good and fairy tale feeling to toxic. And like, it does so in such a subtle way that you're like, oh yeah, like I would give this person a second chance as well. Like I'd give them another chance. And it's just like, what really puts you in the position of like, a person in an abusive relationship and it really opens your eyes I think to why it's hard to leave those relationships and the many factors at play so I think that book is really good I'm sorry if her liking Ellen DeGeneres ruined it for other people but I just think that the overall arc of the story is is really good next um also with Libby um, I just read, this is like sad. I read these all on the Kindle app on my phone because I had like a Kindle fire and I didn't like, it's a, that's a tablet, a Kindle fire. Like it's not even a, it's not even a Kindle. It's just a fire tablet from Amazon. And I would download the Kindle app and read it on there. And it just like, wasn't working. I'm like, I think I need a real Kindle, which I eventually got. I now have a Kindle paperwhite that I read everything on, but like, just for context, I was reading these on my phone. <laughs> um, so people we meet on vacation by Emily Henry. This is my first Emily Henry and it was her second book. And I don't think I should have started with this one. Um, I gave it a three stars and I'm keeping it there. I think I, this was still my least favorite of her books, but it's still good. Like it's being adapted into a movie right now. I just cannot relate to the main character. She's so like outgoing and ferocious and or not ferocious, but like fierce um, and bold and confident. I'm like, mm, that's kind of annoying <laughs> because it's not me. You know, that's someone's cup of tea, but that's like not the type of person I am. And I kind of like to have relatability in my contemporary romance reads. So whatever. Um, read that book, gave it three stars. Oh, for context, I also gave It Ends With Us five stars. Next, I read Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. That was the first book I read for the book club that I am in and continue to read for. Um, I really enjoyed it. I gave it four stars because it wasn't as good as Evelyn Hugo. But I, I pictured the main character is like a model in the 80s and like they kind of describe her. I, I pictured her as Kendall Jenner and like I know I shouldn't have, but like that's who I pictured. Um, and I think it gave me like a lot of sympathy for like, you know, kids of famous people. Like I know there's obviously nepotism and that gives them opportunities to thrive, but it, like it gives gives you perspective onto how invasive their lives growing up can be and how without them asking for it, their personal lives are amplified to everyone. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's give and take, but I, I really liked how this book was structured because it took place over the course of one night. It was a, it was a party um, at the main character's house and then it would jump back into scenes from like when her parents were meeting and stuff. So it was, it was kind of cool. Next, I read Beach Read by Emily Henry. Five stars. I love Gus. I love this book. I want to read it again. It takes place in Michigan. So I was like, ooh, I know that place. That was really good. Next book was another book club book. It was called The Other Black Girl by Zakia 
I think it's Zakia Dahlia Harris or Delilah Harris. Um, sorry, I'm just like looking at this list and basically it's on two lines, but it's listed Harris, comma, Zakia, and the next line, Delilah. I mean, I was like, wait, so her last name is Harris, but is Delilah the first name? So it was just very confusing. But this was a really good book. Like it is a mix of The Devil Wears Prada and get out. It's so good. Like at the end, there's a really good twist at the end. Um, that made like the somewhat boring parts in the beginning. It's it's about this black girl who works at a book publishing company, and you know the challenges she faces being the only black girl there. And suddenly, there's finally another black girl that they hire, and she starts just like thriving immediately and kind of feeding into some of the um, white presumptions, I guess, that are put on her by the white women of the office. And um, she'll be like, I, it's, it's just like hard to describe, but like, it just felt like she was pandering to her white coworkers to get ahead of the main character of this book. Like it was, it always felt like a competition. Um, but the ending is so so there was obviously forces at play there um, that kind of turned science fiction-y. So this was cool. It was a really good book. Next, I read Book Lovers by Emily Henry. I read it the day it came out, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and I gave this five stars. I pictured Joe Keery as the main character. Let me tell you who I pictured, actually, in Emily Henry's books in particular. Um, I pictured all the women as me. <laughs> and if you're not, then what are you doing? <laughs> so um, the women were me. I pictured Alex Nielsen of People We Meet on Vacation as, I do not even know his name, but the actor who played, oh my God, what is his name in the sh in One Tree Hill? Like Brooke's love interest post-season four. What is his name? Hang on. Julian. Julian. Oh my God. Actor who plays Julian. Oh, I was going to lose my mind. Um, They just like described him as really tall. And for some reason, that was what popped into my head, even though it's been a couple of years since I had seen One Tree Hill. So that's good. For Beach Read, picture Logan Lerman. He is he is the perfect Gus, but I do agree with the fan cast that Dev Patel should be should be Gus if they ever make it a live action vibe. And then in Book Lovers, I did read it right after I watched. This is so embarrassing. I read it right after I watched Stranger Things volume or season four. I think volume one. I don't think volume two is out at this point yet. Um, so I pictured Charlie as. <laughs> I picture Charlie as Joe Keery, um, and I will not take it back. I am I stand by I stand by that decision. And then I read Summer I Turned Pretty because I had watched the series, so I got the audiobook because I got an Audible free trial. And then I read Daisy Jones and the Six, which I put off for, for far too long, and it was fabulous, of course. So, um, then next book club book I read, which I, I actually listened to the audiobook for this. Um, All Adults Here by Emma Straub. And I liked it. I didn't love it. I gave it three stars. And I think it's okay to critique books. So I needed a fluffy read after that. <laughs> um, so I read Funny You Should Ask by, I think it's Alyssa, not Alisa. Um, Alyssa Sussman. And it was just so fun. This is the book that was like based off of the 2014 interview with Chris Evans, where he basically just ended up taking the interviewer on a date. <laughs> and so... This book is great because it takes place jumping back and forth between 
their interview and 10 years in the future where she's recreating this incredibly viral and famous interview um, to like basically get him better press because everyone's like, what did they fuck? Did they, you know, they were like, what happened? Everyone's like invasively wanting to know. But um, picturing the main character as Chris Evans was in fact the best decision you could make. And then I pictured the the romantic lead is Jenny Slate because I'm still mourning that relationship. I loved them together so much. Ugh. So that was a really cute light book. I gave it four stars. Then I read Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score. And um, I don't really want to talk too much about this book because I'm a little ashamed I read it. But you can look up the plot if you'd like. Um, <laughs> I gave it four stars. And then I read Carrie Soto's Back. And as of now, that's the last book I finished. And I finished it probably a month ago. So I'm, I'm kind of behind. All that being said, I started the year with a goal of 10 books and I hit that. I'm past that. I've read 16 um, and I upped my goal to 20. So I have four more books. I'm currently reading Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. And it's really actually enjoyable so far. Um, excuse me. It has like, it takes place in the 50s as well. What was it? What was I talking about? The just, oh, Evelyn Hugo also takes place in the 50s. And it's just, I think it's really well written and I think very, very real about, I, I think the cover is very misleading for this book because it's not like fluffy girl boss story. Like it's a, it's a real like heartbreaking, many challenges and roadblocks for this just woman's life, not even in her career. Um, and you know how she, she managed to get through all those things. So very good so far enjoying it um and you know what I think we're up to date I think we spent oh my god it's an hour and 30 minutes ah, so this was just like really us catching up like what's the hot goss <laughs> tell me everything Amy Poehler um but it's been it's been great catching up like recapping a year is hard so I think I really hit all the main points um, the only thing I will say we didn't talk about is mental health, which I have put a lot of elbow grease into working on that lately um, and setting everything up with insurances and whatnot, which is very challenging to get everything set up. But once it is like boom, bang, like it all kind of runs itself. So um, I'm, I'm happy with where I am in pursuing an attack <laughs> on my mental illness. I, I can't say I'm in the best place right now but I think on average I have been doing better than prior to the steps I've taken to attack my mental illness we'll talk about it another time um me assuming I'll post another podcast which I probably won't but thanks so much for listening <laughs> I just it's nice to have like a little outlet to talk about all these things and you know I realized that I did have a lot of highlights this year so it was really cool to to revisit some of those and reflect. I'm a goal setter, but I'm not often a reflector. So this, this was good for me, I think. But that being said, my nails are done. Um, they look pretty good. I cannot lie. Um, and I'm just going to conclude on that note, I think. Oh, actually, you know what? I'll like leave a little piece of advice um, at the end here. My boss recently messaged me something really, really 
like effective for me. So I'm, I have to find exactly what she said. Um, and I'd like to read this and that'll be, that'll be my last, my parting message. So she said, I heard something once about confidence. It's simply believing that you can handle new challenges thrown at you. When you think about it like that, it doesn't sound so daunting. 